Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, Alex. Hey, Jeff. I don't know if you keep up with international affairs, but do you know which country's capital city has the fastest growing population? Ooh. Um, what is it? Is it London? Close. It's, it's actually Ireland. Really? Um, yeah. Every day it's Dublin. <laughs> that was a great joke, Jeff. See? How hard is it to compliment someone every now and then, Cam? God! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Elite Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Race and Jeff Donahue. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Elite. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by the resident oligarch of Braves Twitter, Mr. Jeff Donahue. How's it going today, Jeff? Hey, good morning, Alex. No, no, no. What's shaking? Uh, no, I'm I'm not doing what's shaking bacon. That's that's old hat, man. This is all new. This is elite. I'm okay. I'm I'm good with that. I I forget the guy's name, but the guy who was on here before you used to say that all the time. Kim Cam Cam Cam. Are you saying Cam with an N? Ken Cam. I don't know. C A N N E D. Can yes. That's it. Yes. Cool. Yes. Well, anyway, nobody's going to miss that guy. I've got Jeff Donahue hosting with me this week. How, how's your week been, Jeff? It's great, man. It's uh, I'm obviously a golf fan. It's U.S. Open week, so I'm in my, my wheelhouse right now. Um, everything has been pretty good. Uh, nothing to complain about. How about you? Oh, it's been pretty good. Been wor- been working all week. Uh, I've got, got my, my tennis league starting up, so I'm starting to get out and realize just how bad a shape I'm in. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm reminded that every time I wake up. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, I, uh, hey, I saw. Uh, I know, I know you can't name drop, but I saw a blurb somewhere that you ran into the former world number one tennis player this week. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so I, I, like I've mentioned on on previous episodes, I, I work in a tennis shop and and we do racket customization and and stringing and everything like that. And uh, I, I had two rackets for uh for a former world number one in there 
Um, I, I suspect he was giving them away because uh, it had his autograph on on the throat of the racket. But uh, I, I will I will forever be telling people that I, I strung rackets for a, a former world number one. That's pretty awesome. You uh you work in a tennis shop and the Donahue family owns sweatshops. So I mean I kind of understand. <laughs> it. I well, the the vast majority of our product probably family. comes from the Donahue sweatshops. Well, and and also in fairness, my version of a racket and your version of a racket is probably different. I mean, True. Usually, that is that is an excellent know. point. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what what are you drinking this morning, Jeff? Uh, I am drinking a cup of standard black coffee. I believe it's uh, I'm at my in-laws house. So if you hear dogs barking and commotion going on, it's probably coming from the other side of the door. But uh, I believe that I'm drinking some of their uh, Starbucks veranda blend. Um, Very nice. I would I would uh, I wish it were evening so I could be um, breaking into a bottle of bourbon. Uh, and I will tell you this. I have been searching for a bottle of Kentucky Owl. I'm not sure if you're familiar, uh, familiar with it. Guy named, Only from uh, Dixon Deadman. Yeah, a guy named Dixon Deadman uh, lives in, in Kentucky, and I believe it was I'm, – I'm probably going to butcher the story, so I may have to Google it to get the facts. But it, uh, something along the lines of his grandfather or great-grandfather or someone owned a distillery during Prohibition. Uh, we obviously all know what happened during Prohibition, and I think they lost a lot of their stuff. So uh, somewhere in the last couple of years, 10, 12 years or whatnot, uh, he has revived the distillery, and I – don't know if it's just a, a limited run that they put out or if it's just kind of like the new trendy thing, but um, his bottles are pretty hard to find. The Kentucky Out 8 is one of the uh, one of the bottles that's, you know, pretty steep in price. I think it runs about 400 upwards. I did not get that one. Good um, Lord. So I got the Kentucky. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just because it's a rare. I, I learned that bourbon, the cost of bourbon is not because of the taste of it. It's the rarity or the exclusivity of it. So you're paying $400 for a bottle because not there's not many bottles out there. It's not that it's some elite bourbon. It's still made the same. Um, but anyway, that, that is not the bottle I bought. I bought one called Confiscated. Um, and I've been looking for it. I've been kind of, you know, setting some money aside. Uh, Nikki actually has a bourbon line item in our budget, our family budget, because she knows how much I love it. Oh, but, that's um, lovely. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, so I, long story short, I was going to swing by um, the store and just get some, you know, daily sipper like a Buffalo Trace or a Woodford because our good buddy Jonathan Howard was coming over Friday. And uh, very cool. Uh, at the store. Love, love to hear about the meetings of uh, Braves Twitter royalty. Oh, yeah, we're, we get way back. We, we're good friends. And uh, we've been talking about having a, a porch sit is what we call them. Where we just sat there and hang out with some bourbon. But anyway, I called the store and just for kicks and giggles, I asked them if they had any Kentucky Owl, and uh, they said they had one bottle left, and I told them to put my name on it, and I left immediately, went and picked it up. So I have not opened it yet. I'm waiting uh, till Monday to open it. Um, not that Jonathan Howard wasn't worth opening. I just want to wait till this week. So I haven't had it uh, <laughs> yet, but I own it, and I'm excited about it. Is there a, a special occasion of some sort on Monday that you're opening it for, or is that just uh, just the date you projected? Um, well, it kind of coincides. Uh, one of my very best friends, uh, Ryan, is another bourbon aficionado, and he will cover from time to time and bring new bottles that he gets. And he usually forks for the bigger bottles. And so uh, whenever he has a nicer 
premium bottle. He'll bring it to my house. We'll open it. We'll try it together. So I'm kind of reserving it for him since it's my turn to present him kind of with the, the better bourbon. So um, I will hopefully report back Monday uh, with some with some good good tasting. Very cool. So what, what is uh, what what? Oh, I am uh, I'm sipping on a uh, a fruit and vegetable juice smoothie. Like like I said, I'm back into tennis leagues. I'm trying to be a little bit healthier. And I've got a match a couple hours after we record today, so uh, I'm trying to trying to feel as decent for that as possible. What do you have to Mucilex? I thought I was the old one here. <laughs> or Metamucil? What is that stuff? I don't take so. Well, I, I I can't I can't drink a bunch of that before a tennis match because I will be sprinting to the restroom in the middle of the match. <laughs> tennis is one of those things. That I, I I respect tennis. I I'm not a fan of it simply because I never learned how to play it because I um I never mastered the you know the art of curling the ball back over the net and down. I I tend to want the baseball swing it up and. Scott for Scott's here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere in this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Out of the fenced-in court, so uh, I, I gave it a good run about two days and, and gave it up back in high school. It's it's an incredibly frustrating sport and, and similar in that sense to uh, to golf, since I, I know you play golf. You're, you're yes, you're the only one out there. There there's no there are no teammates to lean on. There's no there's no coaching happening in the middle of it. You just it's it's you, your equipment and the ball and you you have to do the best you can. And when you don't do so well, uh, there's no one to talk you down off the ledge. So it's uh, it's an incredibly mental sport. Uh, and it's super frustrating just because it you watch it on TV and it looks fairly simple and and easy to do. You you think, oh, I can I can go out there and do that. And it's 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 not at all. I've I've played for probably 25 years and and there are still the vast majority of, of players out there are still better than I am. That's how it was with golf. My dad played still plays, but he. You know, when I was growing up, he always would go out with his buddies on the weekend and play golf. And, you know, I, I grew up playing baseball, so I thought golf was an old man sport. And I never, never even paid any attention to it. I got older. And then um, I think it was like 2006 or 2007, uh, my group of friends started moving towards golf. And um, I was thinking, yeah, how hard can it be? The ball is, is just sitting there. I played baseball my entire life where something's coming at you at, you know, 80 plus miles an hour. And uh, I'm like, the ball's just stationary. Like, how hard is it to hit? And um, I, I kind of the same thing with you. I saw it on television. I was probably like most people who were after the Masters. You're like, hey, let's go play. And uh, went out to the driving range. And the the downside is my very first driving range session, we hit off of mats. And so it wasn't like I was out there really trying to play it as it was on the course. And hitting off of mats, fairly easy thing to do. So I got out there and, you know, had some just used club from golf galaxy or whatever. And, and, uh, I was like, Oh, this, this is pretty good. And I didn't know how to shape the ball or do anything like that. So I was just out there hitting them and, um, had moderate success. And then a few weeks later went out and played my first round of golf and, uh, 
looked like an absolute idiot and didn't know what I was doing. And um, I'm surprised I ever went back to it. But yeah, golf is, I'm sure just like you mentioned is, is frustrating, but um, it's, it's one of those things you, you I don't, I don't know about tennis, but golf, you'll never really master. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things you just, you have to deal with frustrations throughout a round, even for the professionals. Like we're watching this week at Wingfoot. Yeah, it's it's very similar in, to tennis in that regard, because there, there may be there are a, a small handful of people that I would say have have ever mastered the game. And uh, and it's it's the the draw of it, I guess, is is that the the constant chase of I can do better than this. You'll, you'll hit a fantastic shot every now and then. And you're like, Oh, that felt great. Why can't I just do that all the time? Right. Why can't I replicate that? Yeah. Um, I, uh, don't, and I don't know much about tennis. In fact, we, we should have done a, a segment on here where you, you either give me a real test person or, or tennis player's name or made that name. And I probably wouldn't be able to guess which is which like, I, I knew like maybe like four tennis players. I, I think like, Pete Sampras and John McEnroe and, uh, and uh, Agassiz. That's it. That shows you my age. <laughs> those those were my guys though. Like when I when I was growing up, those those were the dudes I, I loved to watch. I, I I when I was a kid, uh, tennis tennis was all I did. I was in, in the summertime. I'd be at, at tennis camp like six days a week, eight hours a day, trying to be Pete Sampras. And there, to this day, there are still parts of my game that that I I still try to model after Sampras. Yeah, I, I remember you know watching the sports center and things like that, and obviously you know we'd hear about all the things that he did, but um, I just never followed the sport. I, I just kind of know a couple of the names. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. Well, that's enough about golf and tennis. What do you say we break down the week for the Atlanta Braves? Hey, let me try this. Let's do it. I like that. That that felt right. And now the Braves breakdown. All right. So we're going to look over the two series that the Braves had this week. Monday, September 14th, we were in Baltimore and it didn't go very well. Braves won Orioles 14. Tuki Toussaint gets the start and got absolutely shelled. Luke Jackson came in to relieve him and got uh, he just got rocked, too. The only good thing was Freddie Freeman hit a home run, and and really it was just an ugly, ugly game. Besides that, it's, my, it's uh, it was so bad. My mom sent me a text uh, in the early part of that game, and she said Tukey is pitching like Dukey, and I <laughs> I, I laughed. Uh, my, that's my mom. Maybe I get my humor from her. I don't know. I, if, I was gonna that's say how bad that it was. that sounds like the Donahue gene. Yeah, it's bad when when my mom is is ragging on pitchers and she's like the uber positive person. But yeah, poor man, I feel so bad for Tukey. I wanted him to go out there and just shut down. And um, yeah, it didn't happen. He's he's had a few good starts this year, but but this is this is kind of who Tukey Toussaint is in 2020. I mean, some days he'll come out and he'll just have his absolute best stuff and nobody can hit him. And other times he'll come out and. He'll be hanging curveballs left and right, and they'll put him into the seats just about uh, every at-bat, it seems like. But uh, one thing to remember about a, a game like this, you lose 14-1, to 1, it, it it's baseball. I, I mean, I know it's a bigger deal this year because there were only 60 games, but these kind of games just happen sometimes. Look at the Marlins. The Marlins are having the best season that they've had in years. 
And they lost. Uh, they lost pretty bad recently, didn't they? I can't. I can't they, remember against who. They did. They did. They lost well, to someone like it. twenty-nine to nine. Yeah, God. Um, the uh, it was, was it the, the Reds? Braves. No, it was the Braves. <laughs> oh, weird. Twenty-nine runs. But yeah, saying all that to say that it's it's not a reflection of of what your team is when that happens. It just happens every now and then. The Marlins aren't a bad team this year because they lost 29 to nine to the Braves that it, they just had, had one of those days. So luckily you have the chance to come back and try again the next day. So Tuesday, the 15th Braves are back in Baltimore, get a much better result. Braves win five to one. Freddie Freeman goes three for five with two doubles and two RBIs. Waskar Inoa comes in and gives us four innings pitched, allowing only two hits and no earned runs. Adam Duvall hits a home run. Stop me if you've heard that before. That is his yeah, that's tenth. Like a repeat. <laughs> his tenth in the month of September, putting him only one behind the all-time Braves record for home runs in a month. Uh, Eddie Matthews holds that record with 11. So, so it was a good day for the Braves. And uh, really encouraging to see that kind of a start out of Inoa. Yeah, he um, he provided a little bit of, uh, um, I guess, much needed relief, not relief in pitching, but just especially getting shelled 14 to one to come back and to, to like you say, for two hits and, and not give up any runs. That was um, I think that's kind of the side of relief that we needed. Like, OK, we're, that, was, that game was a one off. Let's, let's trash it and go forward and not. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job. I don't remember much about that game as far as why he only went four. I don't know if they pulled him or, or if they, you know, what happened there. But um, it would be nice to see some of the guys go a little beyond four, you know, just to give the bullpen a, a rest. Yeah, I, I, I think that's about where his limit is this year. That, that's just a guess for me. Uh, since he's been bouncing back and forth between uh, between relieving and starting, I, I can't imagine he's stretched out too much further than that. It, it looks like guys are getting pulled with with pitch counts nowadays rather than uh, rather than how many innings they've pitched. So uh, I, I can't imagine we'd have a situation where we'd ever see uh, I know go out and pitch, you know, 120, uh, 120 times. So that one went well. Uh, we are we're we're one and one for uh, for the week. Uh, and we go into Wednesday, the 16th, with Cole Hamels on the mound in a Braves uniform, something I didn't know if we'd ever see when we got into this season. Uh, the result wasn't what we wanted. Braves lost 5-1, to one, uh, but we got to get Cole Hamels out there and, and get him some work in, which was a positive. He pitched three and a third innings, allowing three hits, three earned runs, walking one and striking out two. Which is not a bad outing for him. I, I think we we had relatively low expectations as as we should have because uh, it's his first start of the year. He's he's ramping back up his work and and we just really need to see him out there against some some live major league hitters and getting some work in. I um I found it very interesting. My wife is a huge Braves fan, but for some reason this particular game she had extra interest in and I, I don't know huh. why I can't put my finger on it she um she was sitting down ready to go by the uh the, the bottom of the first like she was like she was very just she just seemed I, I don't know if she's just wanted to see the Orioles play I, I really don't know I, I she must be a really big Keegan Aiken fan 
Must, must have been. Hey, that could be it. But um, <laughs> yeah, she she was just very interested. Um, and then I, I think the third inning, she just kind of quit paying attention. Um, Weird. But she kept kind of gazing off into the into the distance. So I, I I don't know. But yeah, she watched that game with me. Well, as if it was possible for the Braves to get better looking, they've added Cole Hamels to their rotation, and and good lord, hide your wives, Braves country. Yeah, she she actually did ask me to let her know the next time he's playing on pitching. So uh, <laughs> maybe she, maybe maybe she likes his pitching style. I don't know. I I, I can't really place it. Well, uh, someone's who's someone's pitching style who I wasn't a big fan of was Keegan Aiken. He was the starter for the Orioles, and uh, somehow the Braves managed to go out there and make him look like Roger freaking Clemens. This guy yeah. comes in, throws five innings, allowing three hits, zero earned runs, and striking out nine. Uh, it was not a good day for the Braves. The only run they scored was when Freddie Freeman scored on a balk. Yeah, that's... You were going back to the 14 to one game. You said sometimes you just run into these games. I think one of the biggest frustrations I have, and probably a lot of Braves fans have, um, is is you play a team like the Orioles. And granted, they're a little better than they used to be, but you kind of walk into Camden Yards thinking, okay, we we're going to take two out of three. We may sweep these guys. Then you hit the buzzsaw 14 to one. Then you go in there and you make Aiken look like a Cy Young player, and you're like, I think that's at least on my end, that's why I get frustrated is because we should have gone in there. That should have been 14 to one on our side. You know what I mean? And and sometimes it just seems we play down to these teams that um, that aren't high level teams. And I think that was the case. So they just went out there and I mean, your only runs a bulk like that's we just like we actually didn't even really do anything to get that run. Yeah, the 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 real downside of this week, I, I think, and what our lineup is is lacking, if anything, at this point, because uh, make no mistake, we still have one of the the deepest lineups in all of baseball. Absolutely. But the what's been missing is Dansby Swanson. Uh, the I saw I saw a meme on Twitter this week, and it was a uh, it was a light switch referencing the two modes that Dansby Swanson has, and those modes are. You absolutely cannot get this man out, and this man cannot get a hit to save his life. Uh, and unfortunately, that is that switch is flipped to he cannot get a hit at the moment. Uh, so it's been a rough go of it for, for Dansby. Hopefully he can get back going in the next week so he goes into the postseason with a little bit of confidence. Uh, Thursday the 17th, luckily the Braves had the day off, kind of needed it after a rough series in Baltimore. Uh, and then on Friday, we get to go to to uh, to, to Queens and, and see the Mets. And that's been a good thing for the Braves lately. Max Freed gets the start coming back off of the IL, get five innings pitched out of him, allowing three hits, one earned run, walking two and striking out three. A good outing back for Freed. Not not the Cy Young outing we've been seeing from him, but certainly nothing to be upset about. The story of the game, though, was the home runs. Marcelo Zuna hits a home run. Austin Riley hits a home run. Travis Darnode hits a home run. Ronald Acuna busts out of his slump with a home run. Ozzy Albies back off of the IL hits two home runs. Gets gets six home runs out of the Braves that day. Braves win 15 to two, and it was a good day to be a Braves fan. Yeah, that that felt more like what we've seen the last couple of weeks, where we're putting up massive numbers on these guys. And yes, it was the Mets, but it's it you know. Sorry, Giuseppe, but uh, you still you still like to, to, especially coming off of a, a loss where you 
got a run off of a ball. He, you know, I think they were mad and they came back and, and did what they been doing all, all year and putting up that production. So that was good to see. And like you said, Freed, uh, I don't know what Freed's expectations or what anyone's expectations of him was going to be coming off of the, the injured list. But uh, I, I think he, he obviously did well enough to hold him to, to two runs. Yeah, and what we talked about a couple of weeks ago was the the kind of alarming thing from Max is that it got to the point where his fastball was sitting somewhere around 89 to 91 miles an hour, which is not what we generally see out of Max Freed. He's he's normally in the mid 90s, and and when you see a guy that's normally in the mid 90s in the high 80s, it, it it's it's alarming, and and you you worry about injury. You don't know what the deal is. Uh, turned out uh, the, the little bit of rest that he got helped. So he was out there, he touched 95, his fastball was sitting 92, 93. So the, uh, the, the days off that we were able to give him certainly seemed to have paid off. And, uh, if, if necessary, I wouldn't be terribly surprised to, uh, to see him get an extra day of rest in between starts, uh, going into the last week of the season. So yeah, great day yeah, on, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's tied. Is either tied or he's up there as far as uh, I think he's undefeated seven and zero. But I think he's up there as one of the best pitchers, at least in nationally, on about all of baseball. Absolutely. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, he is sitting at third in ERA right now. Uh, may have slipped a little bit. Uh, that the the one earned run he allowed in five innings pitch actually raised his ERA, which tells you how good of a season he's having. Um, and and he's in the discussion with guys like uh, like Trevor Bauer and you Darvish in the National League for the Cy Young. So if we get one more really strong outing out of Freed, it's possible that we could be, we could be talking about uh, the Braves with another Cy Young winner. So that's that was that was Friday. That was a good day for the Braves. And then we go into Saturday last night, the 19th did not go very well. The Braves win seven to two. Ian Anderson comes in, uh, has an up and down outing, pitches four and a, four and two thirds innings, allowing four hits, three earned runs, walking four, but striking out eight. Uh, it, it was it was okay for Ian. Uh, he got into some trouble in the first inning, came back in the second, was still pounding first pitch strikes, which you you love that confidence out of a out of a 22 year old pitcher like Ian. Uh, but it just it just wasn't his day. Got into some trouble, got out of some trouble, got back into some trouble. Uh, and then when the Braves were trying to come back, it was it was uh, three to two. Shane Green comes in and as, as consistently great as he's been all year, he was he was kind of due for a rough outing, guys. It just happens sometime. He, he only records one out, allows four earned runs on five hits and doesn't strike anyone out. Yeah, that's not stuff we're normally used to seeing out of him. So, you know, like you said, it's going to happen. I would rather it happen now than in the postseason. Exactly, exactly. And and there's there's time for him to rebound, get a couple more outings under his belt before the postseason does come around. And uh, we'll be paying close attention to see what kind of performance we get out of him uh, in the last week of the season coming up. Uh, a couple of highlights from the game. We did get another Travis Darnot home run, and we got another Adam Duvall home run, tying him. With Eddie Matthews for the most Braves home run in a month, home runs in a month with 11. So who very. Had that? Who had I, Adam Duvall as that guy? Uh, I, I mean, think about this. Like, 
if I had told you that it was Freddie Freeman or Marcelo Zuna or Ozzy Albies or Ronald Acuna, there are arguably four guys in our lineup who you would have guessed would break this record before Adam Duvall. But no, Adam Duvall, Doobie does it. It was uh, it was really impressive to see. Yeah, yeah, that guy's been a, a, a huge bright spot for the team. And I know that, you know, when we got him from the Reds and people were you know, kind of speculating, well, is he washed up? He's not doing well. Then he goes to Gwinnett and absolutely rakes. But uh, people were, you know, still, well, it's Gwinnett, triple pitching, blah, blah, blah. And uh, then he comes back and he's just wiped out ever since. Um, he, he just, he's a great comeback story with everything that he's had to go through with his health and whatnot. And then the resurgence of him as a player. So that's good to see. Yeah, love loved seeing it. And as we're recording, it is it is September 20th. There are still seven games left in the regular season. Uh, sorry, eight games left in the regular season for him to break that record. So all it would take is one more home run from Duvall, which uh, which I think would be a safe bet at this point. I would so that, for it. Yeah, I think so. So that does it for the week for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, a cu- couple of things to keep an eye on. We have the Marlins coming into town, and and normally that that doesn't sound like a like like a daunting prospect. But guys, they're in second place. They are not far behind us, and we've got a four game set with them. It, it, it we need a good performance out of the Braves in that four game set to, uh, to, to tie up this division. We, we could clinch by the end of that series, uh, provided that, uh, that the Phillies don't go on a run because they're, they're hot on the Marlins heels as well. Uh, but this is going to be a very exciting week of baseball coming up. Yeah. I, uh, I can't recall a time where I was worried about the Marlins late in the season. You know, usually it's just kind of a, okay, it's a write-off. There's four games or there's a three-game set. But, um, yeah, they got a little work to do. I don't think it's going to be a pushover. And you saw what the, what the Marlins did to the Phillies up there last week. So, yeah, um, I, I think you have to you have to actually pay attention to them. And, um, and presumably we're going to be – yeah, I, I was just about to say, we're, we're presumably going to see Sixto Sanchez on the mound at Truist Park. And uh, I'm not excited about that. That guy's good. He's really good. Yeah, I would like to knock him out early and, and, and get to the bullpen quickly with that guy. Yeah, for sure. So the uh, another thing we're keeping an eye on this week, this looks to be the best chance Freddie Freeman has had in his career to win the MVP trophy. Uh, the the stats are just absolutely jumping off the page at you. Uh, I, I think... I, I th- I think it's easy to say that it's down to three guys in the national league that are seriously in contention for, uh, for the MVP title. Uh, and that would be Freddie Freeman, uh, Mookie Betts of the LA Dodgers and Fernando Tatis jr. Of the San Diego Padres. And looking at these three guys, uh, a gentleman I follow by the name of Kevin, Kevin Keneally put together these stats and it is, it is jaw dropping how far ahead of these guys Freddie Freeman actually is. He leads uh, that group of three in F war. He leads that group of three in WRC plus in WOBA in batting average in on base percentage in slugging percentage in OPS in runs in hits in doubles in RBIs in in walk percentage and in strikeout percentage it's it's, only he he doesn't only lead in doubles he's he's 10 more than tatis and i think mookie has nine so i mean he's it's not just like he's edging them out he's he's way up there 
literally the only category that he is not leading in is home runs right now. So uh, I, I still I still have this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like like he's not gonna win MVP because he doesn't lead in the the sexiest stat line. Yeah, and, and Freeman, especially against Betts and Tatis, there he he's more of the you know at least I think he's viewed around the league and, and especially as an analyst and everything. I think he's just kind of the run-of-the-mill first baseman he doesn't you know he just kind of goes about his business he doesn't put up the flashy numbers and then you see bets and tatis especially tatis with all the uh the um the attention you know given to him after the grand slam and everything i think people are paying a little more attention to him and what he's been able to do out there in san diego but um i, I think you just you, ex, you expect to see bets and and tatis in that conversation we always expect to see freeman but i don't think he's getting the proper you know, uh, I guess attention that he should be. Cause like you said, he's, you look at these numbers and he's leading, if not all of them right there, almost every one of them. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And, and as, as much as he deserves it, it's unfortunately it's, he would not be the, the exciting pick for MVP because he's not out there giving you, he's not super quotable. Uh, he's not, he's not giving you, you hot takes in his post game interviews. He's not, he's not out there flipping the bat and staring down the pitcher. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I, I like that the, the injection of that attitude into baseball that we've seen over the last five or 10 years. And I'm a big fan of it, but Freddie Freeman, isn't that guy. So he, he doesn't get as much press. Uh, he, he doesn't get the, the nationwide love that a, a Fernando Tatis Jr. gets. And, and while Tatis deserves that attention, I think, he doesn't deserve the MVP award this year. Freddie, it's, it's, it's Freddie Freeman's award, and if it goes to anybody else, it's going to be an absolute travesty. And a side note, Kevin Keneally is actually a personal friend of mine. His mother and I work together. So um, Oh, no kidding. I know that. Yeah, yeah, I've known him for a while. Um, he's really good with stats, and he always like like he did. You know, I think Chipper retweeted that, and yep. it kind of took off. But uh, yeah, he's he his main thing is stats, so he's always coming up with, you know, does it with the Hawks and in baseball and basketball and football. He always comes up with really good stat comparisons. So um, I when I saw those, I I figured that was his. But um, yeah, if if baseball doesn't market Mike Trout like they should, I don't think they're going to be excited about Freeman winning MVP if he gets it because it, like you said, it's not the sexy choice. Right, right. So so that's what, where we'll leave that. Hopefully, in about two weeks' time, we're we're on this show talking about Freddie Freeman winning his first National League MVP award. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, the one other thing to keep an eye on this week for the Braves uh, is, is Cole Hamill's second start. He he's in line to start against the Marlins. Uh, they're working on getting him stretched out so that he's able to throw about 90-ish pitches uh, by the time the postseason rolls around. So it'll be very interesting to see what uh, what he's able to do in his second start against a very game Marlins team. What uh, what is that? So I can take Nikki to a park or something or you know someplace that doesn't have television. <laughs> Let me see. Hamels is scheduled to start against the Marlins on. Wait for it. Wait for it. Tuesday, September 22nd. It's a great day to take your wife to the park. Date night somewhere. <laughs> oh, and that is an exciting matchup. It's Hamels versus Urania that night. So that'll that'll be fun to watch. 
The uh, the thing with Urena is I was vastly opposed to the DH and the NL for a long time, and then I warmed up to it, and I was excited about it. I still love it. But now I'm kind of upset that he doesn't get the chance to, to bat again because it's almost like we're never going to be able to repay him for the stuff he's done to Acuna. Um, it, exactly, yeah. You know, so that uh, I used to be excited when he pitched because, like, well, we're about to get him back. But now it's just kind of a wash. I'm like, well, you know, kind of stinks. Yeah, and, and I mean, my, my you know, the, the traditionalist uh, baseball fan would say, well, go after their best player since he constantly goes after your best player. And uh, I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't I don't have a problem with the Marlins. I have a problem with that guy in particular. Exactly. Yeah. He, he, it's like he can do what he wants and he knows there's no repercussions now. And this late in the season with us having a chance to go, you know, what I feel deep into the postseason, like you don't want guys getting suspended or guys getting pushed out you know just just to pay back something like that so uh, I, I don't know what the the uh, resolution is to that uh, but I've, I'm frustrated that he feels like he can continue to hit Acuna and nothing is going to happen to him yeah if it if it happens again all hell is going to break loose I can promise you that but that's uh, that's going to do it for our review of the Braves for the week and now we're going to take a look around the world of baseball and now the fellas take a look at scenes from around the league. All right. With one week remaining in the 2020 Major League Baseball season, the postseason picture is finally starting to take shape. The Tampa Bay Rays have clinched their postseason spot while still battling with the Yankees for first place in the American League East. Two teams out of the American League Central have already clinched playoff spots. That would be the Chicago White Sox and the Minnesota Twins neither of whom you would want to play in the playoffs. I assure you of that. They're still battling for the for the division title there, but they have clinched their playoff spots. In the West, one team has clinched, and that would be the Oakland Athletics. The Astros still have an outside chance of uh, of taking the division, but it would take uh, it would take something pretty miraculous. Uh, they are seven games behind the Athletics right now. You hate to see it. Absolutely hate it. Uh, I, I just I it, it bothers me when bad things happen to cheaters. Um, so in the National League, one team has clinched a playoff berth, so it is still wide open. That team is the L.A. Dodgers, who currently have the best record in baseball by three games at 38 and 15, looking to be on track to win well over 40 games in a 60 game season, which uh, you cannot speak highly enough about. The San Diego Padres are not as far behind them as as you might expect. They are five games out of first place at 33 and 20 with the second best record in the National League uh, and in line for a playoff spot. In the Central, the Cubs still hold a pretty commanding lead over the St. Louis Cardinals, who are in second place four and a half games back. Uh, and the Cincinnati Reds are only one Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers, excuse me, are only one game behind the St. Louis Cardinals. So things are still wide open in the Central. In the East, the Atlanta Braves, as we know, lead by two and a half games over the Miami Marlins with a 30-22 and 22 record. Marlins uh, looking to come into Atlanta and try to close that gap a little bit. The Phillies are sitting a half game behind the Marlins uh, at 27-25, and 25, still looking to clinch a playoff spot. The Mets and Nationals are all but out of it, six games back of the Braves and ten games back, respectively. 
So it's going to be an interesting last week. You've still got the majority of available postseason berths uh, still out there and no divisions clinched. So so we'll we'll have a lot to tune into this week for sure. Yeah, I, and even though the Dodgers have clinched, I think one of the the coolest things is the fact that they didn't really or, or they may not have a cakewalk like they normally do. I think the Padres are playing far better than than anyone including Padres fans expected. Um, so it's it's kind of nice to have a little bit of of um, possibility of them getting uh, booted earlier if they end up playing out there against each other in some form of fashion in the playoffs. But um, usually you just see the Dodgers clinch. Okay, you know they're probably going to the NLCS. But you know it'll be it'll be kind of interesting to see if the Padres can can do anything with them. Yeah, and there there are some scary teams in the in the National League this year. I, I mean, with the with the extra round of the playoffs being only three games. And anything could happen in that first round. You could see yeah. first, you could see number one seeds getting bounced pretty easily. I mean, I mean, look at look at the Reds as an example. If they somehow sneak into the postseason and they wind up playing the L.A. Dodgers, I know I, I know all about the Dodgers lineup and their rotation, and they're they're a truly scary team. But you can meet Trevor Bauer, Sonny Gray, and and Luis Castillo going up against just about anybody, and I'm going to feel pretty good about that team's chances. Yeah, the the Reds are sneaky good. Um, if I believe so, I think they are sitting in a wild card spot right now. Um, so they they have a good shot at it. I mean that the Central, like you said, is it's a it's a close race over there, but uh, it, there's a lot of a lot of stuff still up for grabs right now. Absolutely. So uh, a couple of couple of uh, headlines from the week. Justin Verlander at 37 years of age having to get Tommy John surgery. He just announced it yesterday uh, after being placed on the IL very early in the season. Uh, the it, it's it's unfortunate to see for a pitcher of his caliber. The the real question here is should should he have made the decision to get this surgery earlier? Uh, I mean, he, he arguably lost a month and a half, almost two months of, of potential recovery time because he was putting in an effort to try to be back this season. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I were talking about it last night and she asked me a question and I didn't know the answer for it. She asked me if anyway, I think he's going to be 39 when he comes back off this, if he's healthy and is able to pitch again. And you know, who, who's going to pick up a 39-year-old at that point, I think, come on fresh off of Tommy John. But Nikki asked uh, if there's plans for him just to retire, does he still need the surgery? Is, is Tommy John so he can pitch again, or is it something's messed up in there and he needs it to function? And I, I didn't know. I didn't know if maybe he's electing to have the surgery in order to hope to pitch again, or if it's kind of one of those things where he gets it because his arm is torn up and he needs it, and then he comes back and no one picks him up and he retires. Was it was it necessary? Like I, I did not answer that, but um, that's a good question. I don't really know the answer to that either. I I know there are there are injuries that that are of the utmost importance for athletes to have addressed, but don't necessarily need to be addressed. For for example, uh, a, a lot of knee ligament injuries. If uh, if a football player tears his ACL, you you hear about him going into surgery, you know, the the, the next day or the day yeah, after mm-hmm. my, my brother-in-law has had a torn ACL for years and functions quite well on it because he's not a professional athlete. So I, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but it, it's it's an interesting thought. Yeah. And I mean, I don't I don't know what his contract is. I don't know if he's a free agent or whatnot, but I mean, it, it seems like a, a stretch for a 
39 year old fresh off of Tommy John to have really a lucrative career beyond that. You know, I don't know if someone would be looking at him as just a, I know a general manager who would offer a 39 year old pitcher a one year deal. Uh, Are they close (laughs) by? (laughs) I I can't for the life of me think about his name. It's, it's Greek. That's all. That's all I've got. Yeah, it would, it would, uh, it would, it would surely be taken very well amongst Braves Twitter. I'm sure there would be no, no, you know, conversations about it. Everyone would be happy about it. As usual, half of the fan base would be uh, preparing to build the statue and the other half would be trying to run him out of town. Uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, in other news, the uh, if you remember uh, about about two, maybe three weeks ago, we were talking about how poorly the Yankees were doing and how the Rays were running away with the division. Well, since then, the New York Yankees uh, have begun a winning streak and have now won 12 in a row with their win over the Red Sox yesterday. Uh, it's a team that's getting healthy. They've got Aaron Judge back, and and he's starting to look good again. And, oh, boy, uh, I, I, I thought we were all going to get lucky and nobody was going to have to see the Yankees in the postseason, but that dream looks to be dying at this point. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad we ran into them when we did. Um, it seems like right after we had that uh, two and two game set with them, uh, they they took off. So I'm, I'm very fortunate we hit we hit them in stride when we did. Well, it seemed to work out perfectly because the uh, we when those four games happened, both the Yankees and the Braves were in injury hell. Yeah. So so it was it was it basically seemed like like a split squad game between the Yankees and Braves all four times they played because neither team had their best players out there. So I, I think it's, it's, it's excellent justice from the baseball gods that we went two and two with the Yankees. Uh, so we could just call that one a wash. Yeah. Never even happened. A uh, couple other things of note, uh, Tigers manager, Ron Gardenhire has chosen to dis- to retire at the age of 62. Yeah, that was kind of uh, kind of out of nowhere. I thought. I mean, obviously he's had it planned, but it, it was interesting that that would be announced at this point, uh, right before the season ends. Yeah, then in the quote that I read, it, it looked like he was he was fairly concerned about his own health between between his blood pressure being up, coming to the ballpark every single day. Uh, he, he said it was to the point where his hands would be shaking before games, and you know, he, he said he's 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 got. He's got a wife, he's got kids, he's got grandkids that he wants to be around for. So I, I certainly don't begr- begrudge the guy for making the decision. Uh, I, I can only imagine uh, how, how stressful it is to be a major league manager, uh, especially in a situation like the Tigers were in this year, where they were, you know, for most of the season, they were on the cusp of uh, of being in a in postseason position. Yeah, they started out strong and then just kind of, kind of went into a tailspin. Yeah, so... Best of luck in retirement to Garden Hire. Is he, is he going to finish the season in the postseason, or is it one of those immediate decisions? Um, I think the Tigers are out of postseason contention at this point. That's right. So yeah, they're, 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 there's they're no threat of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I'll I'll have to look at the scores after the games go final today to see if uh, to see if he managed or if it was uh, if it was effective immediately. I'm really not sure. I uh, ironically have some of those same symptoms when I log on to Braves Twitter. My hands <laughs> shake, my blood pressure goes up. So maybe I should retire from that. Very true. Very true. 
Um, one last thing of note that we saw this week last night, Tim Anderson hits a home run off of Trevor Bauer, which on uh, at at that surface level is not that big of a deal. But then they interviewed Tim Anderson in the uh, in the dugout, and his his response was uh, was yeah he he gave me a cookie to hit. Put that on your YouTube channel and blog about it. Oh, it was just beautiful apparently they're very good friends and and that response from anderson was just amazing yeah that's kind of like the get it out of the ocean uh from muncie i I like a little bit of smack talking baseball i don't i don't think we've seen that quite enough and i uh i I like that exactly tim tim anderson for all all year and and much of last year has has been one of my my very favorite non-braves to keep up with uh just just a just a a, a, a sea of personality uh, and, and a guy that, that is good for the game. He's, he's the, the, the bat flip King. Yeah. I, I think that kind of stuff that with the younger generations coming into baseball, that's more accepted. And, um, you know, I, I like it. I, I mean, I like, I just like having a little bit of, of swagger the, the sport's been stale for a while. And I think this kind of introduces a little more attitude and, and, uh, and swag into it. So, um, I'm fine with it. I love it. Absolutely. Me too. Well, that that does it for the past week in baseball. What do you say we look at years past? Let's do it. All right. We're going to dive into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is September 21st through the 28th. Our first fact comes to us from September 21st, 1959. With an eight-inning, 12-hit effort in the Braves' 8-6 victory over Pittsburgh at Forbes Field, lefty Warren Spahn earns his 20th victory for the fourth consecutive season and for the 10th time in his career. The Southpaw will compile 13 seasons with 20 or more wins during his 21-year Hall of Fame tenure in the major leagues. That's the kind of stuff that earns you a statue outside of Truist Park. Yeah, I mean, I was around for that time, apparently, so I remember most of that as it happened live. <laughs> hey, this show's hosted by old guys now, so good stuff. I think that's the reason you brought me on, is you needed someone older than you so you can kind of to take the heat off of you. Correct, correct. And 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 speaking of old guys, uh, you had you had a, you had someone you wanted to shout out for uh, for being an advocate for the old guys, right? Yes, I, uh, I I meant to say it earlier and forgot. I wanted to thank Zach Wheeler for, uh, on behalf of all of us older people who incur injuries from things as sneezing or stubbing toes or things like that. Uh, he actually had a thumb injury by just putting pants on, and uh, I um, I've done that myself. I haven't done what he did, but I've have uh, fallen over and pick your poison. I've done many things, but. Uh, yeah, I, as a guy that sneezes and hurts his back, I appreciate Zach Wheeler hurting his thumb by putting pants on and not being able to pitch. Got his thumb caught in the zipper and had to get his thumbnail removed. It was it was truly remarkable. I'm going to go ahead and say that I 100% can guarantee that he's glad it was his thumb that got caught in the zipper. Yes, that was my immediate reaction as well. Uh, there are worse things to get caught in your zipper. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but anyway, I know Zach, uh, Zach's a local guy. He is from Paulding County, real close to all of us. But, um, yeah, he, he, he had an injury that the rest of us that just have trouble waking up sometimes, but yeah. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Makes sense. Our next fact comes to us from September 23rd, 2010. 
Ichiro Suzuki, with his fifth-inning single off of Toronto's Sean Hill, becomes the first major leaguer to compile 10 consecutive 200-hit seasons, breaking the record he shared with Willie Keeler. The Mariner outfielder now has more 200-hit seasons than any player in AL history, surpassing Ty Cobb, and joins Pete Rose as the only other player with 10 seasons with 200 or more hits. That's impressive. That's like Marcakis kind of stuff. It is. I mean, you would have liked to have seen him finish his career with with you know uh, woba numbers like Nick Markakis, but you know we we can't we we can't all be the Greek freak. Our next fact comes to us from September twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven. NBC's hit TV show ER airs live and uses the Cubs telecast in the background in various scenes to authenticate the telecast's claim of not being pre-recorded. The medical drama cuts to the game just as Brad Osmus hits a three-run homer, much to the delight of the Astros catcher who is taping his favorite program to watch later, not knowing that he would be a part of the cast. I, um, I appreciate this based simply on the fact that, as many of you know, I'm in aviation, and it annoys me to no end when you look at a television show and they show the uh, outside shot of the aircraft, either on the ramp or in the air, and it's this tiny, small, uh, like six-passenger Learjet, and then they go, they cut to the scene inside the aircraft, and it's like a 747 interior. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so there's an upstairs. I, yeah, you know, and, and nine out of ten people would never notice that, but the other persons in aviation is always going to notice it. But um, so I can appreciate that authenticity. I think that's a that's a cool thing that someone did that they probably didn't have to do, and they may have gone unnoticed, other than maybe the Cubs fans. But uh, I, I like that little little move to to authenticate it. Absolutely. And our final fact of the week is from September twenty seventh, nineteen fifty three. After striking out in the first inning, Boston third baseman Eddie Matthews becomes the first National League rookie to hit three home runs in a game. The 20-year-old freshman's round trippers in the third, sixth, and eighth innings contribute to the Braves' 11-3 victory over the Dodgers at Ebbets Field. Uh, Braves hitting three home runs. That, that sounds familiar. It does. It does. And 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 we've mentioned Eddie Matthews already, I feel like, in this episode. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah it's, it's odd. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. And while you're staying tuned, check out teespring.com slash stores slash chatting average podcast to get your Adam Duvall t-shirts. <laughs> hey, I, I, I never checked. I, my lawyer never got back to me on the the specifics of my contract with chatting elite, but am I, am I taking over the design of the new shirts as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you have, uh, you have been given the, the title of chief design officer. Okay. It's, it's probably just going to be memed like Photoshopped or something. Cause that's about all I can do. That's fine. Um, might, might need to blur out Leonardo DiCaprio's face. I don't know if there are any copyright issues there. That's fine. The, uh, still can't remember the guy's name that used to be on the show uh ken can cam Cam. i think it's ken Uh, okay you can Ken. it's ken Uh, right uh, it's a name i haven't heard in a while (laughs) (laughs) um i uh i have I have no artistic design, so the shirts from here on out will probably be like stick figure-esque so uh, just just letting the letting the people know that's that's fair enough 
Anyway, guys, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back to review the the week upcoming for the Braves as they close out the 2020 regular season. Hey, do you or someone you love have a beard that could use a little TLC? Well, we've got some good news for you. We here at the Chatting Average Podcast have hooked up with an ambassador for a brand for just about any man, the Beard Struggle. These guys are celebrating all that is man by providing some of the best products around to get your beard ready for the big leagues. They've got everything from beard oils to balms to combs and tons of other great stuff that is perfect for getting your facial hair looking great. Check them out today at thebeardstruggle.com and use promo code AVERAGE15, that's AVERAGE15, to take 15% off of your first order, compliments of the Chatting Average podcast. If you or someone you know has a small business, you need to check out the creators of ChattingAveragePodcast.com, Goat Web Design. These guys have everything you need to get your small business up and running with an awesome online presence. They'll create your mobile and desktop-friendly website quickly and affordably with responsive service, and most importantly, it'll look amazing. Check them out on Twitter, at Goat Web Designs, on Instagram, at Goat Web Design, or on the internet at GoatWebDesigns.com, and tell them the guys from Chatting Average sent you. And now the boys preview the week ahead. All right, guys, as we mentioned, there is one week remaining in the 2020 Major League Baseball season. Uh, we're going to talk about today's game. Today's game is uh, is against the New York Mets, wrapping up the series there, looking to uh, to get a win and take that series after having lost the previous to Baltimore. We have Kyle Wright on the mound going up against Rick Porcello at, at 1.10 p.m. today and look for a look for a win out of that. From there, we come back home to close out the season with seven straight home games. We have a four-game set against the Marlins with a big TBD projected to pitch tomorrow on Monday for the Braves. Uh, We'll see who that is. I suspect that we'll give Waskar Inoa another shot uh, after his good outing the last time around. On Tuesday, we get to see uh, Cole Hamels' debut of division play uh, against the Marlins against Jose Urania. On Wednesday, the 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 premier pitching matchup of the remainder of the season for the Braves has Max Freed going up against the Marlins' Sixto Sanchez. Really get to see what the kids made of on that one. On Thursday, yeah, that's gonna that, that's like a playoff lineup in it or a matchup in itself. I think that's gonna be. Uh, that's gonna be fun to watch. Hopefully, fun to watch. Absolutely, we 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 should all make it a point to watch the game on Wednesday night because that is gonna be man, that's gonna be a postseason atmosphere. I mean, hopefully they pump in extra crowd noise for it because uh, that game is gonna be intense. And, Third, and honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a little unfair because Max Freed only has five toes. <laughs> is that an advantage though? I don't know. Is it like an opposable sixth toe? Like, does it help him on the? Is it his, his plant foot? His pitch foot? Like, you know, which, which is it? <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to do it. I'm gives sorry. him a gives him a much more stable base. <laughs> on on Thursday, uh, the Braves round out their series against the Marlins and hopefully look to wrap up the NL East title with Ian Anderson on the mound facing off against Lopez at 7:10 p.m. Friday, we're staying at home. We start the final series of the season against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, we had some good results against the Red Sox last time around. Hit every home run in in recorded history of uh, of Fenway Park, uh, and hopefully we bring that back to uh, to truest with us. Kyle Wright looks to be taking the mound on uh, on Friday. 
Still have a TBD open on Saturday to see who's pitching there. And then Cole Hamels is scheduled to pitch the final game of the regular season for the Atlanta Braves on Sunday, the 27th at 3.10 p.m. You, uh, do you think any of that is subject to change depending on where we are, uh, especially after that series with the Marlins, if it's, if it's, uh, if it's close? You know, if, we're, if we're having to kind of do the last game of the season to, to either be division winners or wild card, do you think uh, – you think they adjust that rotation at all? I I I couldn't rule it out, but I would be shocked uh, if if we pitched any of of our big three starters uh, on short rest because uh, Freed obviously is coming off of an IL stint. So I, I I would be I would be shocked if we risk overworking him this this soon after being on the IL. Uh, Hamels is, is obviously just about to make his second career start for the Braves We're we're still stretching him out. He only got through about 60 pitches last time out. So he, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's, uh, that's likely to be, uh, used on short rest and, uh, you know, Ian Anderson as well. He's, he's still new. He's only made five career starts and, and I, I just, I, I don't know if they want to risk putting him out there on short rest. So uh, you know, it could happen, uh, but I would be surprised. I hope we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I, I, hopefully we we win against New York today. Miami and Philly lose and, and we can we can have the division clinched by Tuesday. Uh, that that would be the ideal scenario. But, uh, you know, things rarely work out that way. So uh, I think we're we're looking at Thursday or Friday for for hopefully clinching the division. Yeah. All right. Well, that that does it for baseball for the week. We do have a couple of voicemails to listen to, so let's go ahead and check those out. Time to listen to your voicemails. All right. As always, we thank you for calling the Chatting Elite Hotline. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can always get in contact with us at area code 678-242-9408. So without further ado, let's get into the first voicemail of the week from our old friend, the Blind Donkey Runner. Hey, guys. What's up? It's the Blind Donkey Runner. <laughs> Great show this week. Um, one thing I forgot to mention last week, forgot to um, comment, how excited are you guys for North Carolina football to be back? That was a nice win for you guys, Tar Heels, this past Saturday against the Orange people from New York. Giuseppe, I'm sorry if you're an Orange fan. I'm not really sure. Um, Second thing, Aroldis Chapman and his incident on the mound. Did you guys see this? Uh, I'll just leave it at that. I I don't want to get too graphic, but it was a messy situation apparently. Zach Wheeler's incident putting on his pants. <laughs> I thought he was done being a Met and messing himself with injuries. Apparently not. He gets hurt putting on his pants. Um, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, I rakes. You went to Middle Tennessee, and they are rivals although non-conference rivals, but still rivals, with my beloved Murray State Racers, especially in basketball. You guys haven't played this in football recently, but every year it's a battle between the Blue Raiders 
and the racers of Murray State in basketball. Unfortunately for you guys, it's been rough since Kermit Davis left, but you guys still pose a threat to us in basketball. This was another episode that was amazing for you guys. I hope you have a great week. This is the Blind Donkey Runner, out. All right, thanks for the call, John. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, I know I speak for Jeff Donahue when I say that we are very excited that North Carolina football is back. I, I thought that was a basketball school. It it was. But it's a new day. And North well, uh, Carolina well, football is here. Well, well, clearly John doesn't know that that uh, guy that used to be on the show is no longer on the show, and, and I'm here now. So Keep up, I mean, John. <laughs> <laughs> He always gets his voicemails in the Monday that our show drops, so so he's he's not able to to keep up with the goings on of the week. We know what's funny is every time I, I hear his uh, voicemails, he's always like, "Hey man, love the show, great show." I never know if he's if he's being prophetic about the show that he's on that we're listening to, or if he's talking about the previous show that he's listened to from from last week's. But it always makes me laugh. He's like enjoying the show, and I'm like, how does how does he know it's a good show? Well, this week he's clearly being prophetic because uh, I, I can tell that this is going to be the the best episode in in chatting elite podcast history. Well, yeah, I mean, if he had said, "Hey guys, love the elite show," then we we would know that he he can tell. Right, right. Like the, there there are lots of elite podcasts out there, but but we're the elitist. Um, but yeah, John. So I like I like I said, I I I did go to Middle Tennessee State University. But uh, I, I never really got into their sports program. I'm still pretty much exclusively uh, a North Carolina uh, basketball guy. If 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 the Blue Raiders ever make the NCAA tournament, I'll, I'll pull for them. But that's that's really the extent of my fandom there. Uh, we did touch on Zach Wheeler, um, who 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 got his thumb stuck in the zipper of his pants. So that was awesome. Um, Aroldis Chapman, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for myself here. I think the guy's a dirtbag. Um, he, uh, obviously the story was well known about him pulling a gun on his girlfriend at one point. Uh, and now he's on a major league baseball mound throwing 101 mile an hour pitches at people's heads. So yeah, I don't like this guy. Uh, he's a he's a punk, uh, and he's gonna deserve whatever is coming to him the next time they see the race. Yeah, I uh, I've I've never been more excited when he gave up that home run to the Astros, uh, you know, for them to to go into the World Series. And I just remember thinking how awesome that was, and to learn later that obviously the Astros knew it was coming, but. Um, yeah, he's he's not a good human being, um, and I'm sure that the, the his story is the ball slipped. But I mean, you know, he's he's pretty controlled with 100 miles an hour. I'm, I'm fairly certain that he's really gonna go up there. Well, when you throw that pitch in that spot, and then you stare down the batter, it it didn't get away from you. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. There, there was intent. You can tell. There's little doubt about that. All right, we have one more voicemail this week. Uh, I, I do not recognize this phone number, but uh, but let's see who it is. Yes, this is the uh, voicemail 
from the former co-host of Chatting Average Podcast, the hottest and cutest free agent in all of Braves podcasting, Cameron Matthews. I figured I would grace this show with my presence once more since considering I'm uh, no longer affiliated with it. For whatever reason, Alex has decided to let me go of my contractual obligations. That's okay. That's all right. I'm sure you'll find somebody else to fill the slot. I don't know who, but I, I guess you could say money probably talks. Anyway, I guess with, uh, with no weekly podcast to do, uh, that leaves me open with much more free time on my hands. can figure out some other things to do with my uh, my now spare time. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll become a sweet potato farmer and uh, start a brand called Cam's Yam. Or uh, maybe I'll start a beach music band because everybody knows I sing so well, and we'll call it Cam's Tams. Or uh, or or maybe I'll just become a hog farmer. You know, do do some uh, wood smoke barbecue here in North Carolina. Call it Cam's Ham. Anyway. Cameron Matthews, once again, is a, a free agent in Braves Podcasting. So if any Braves Podcast out there, because I know there's about 742 of them, is interested in hiring me to be a co-host on their show, please let me know on the Twitter machine at ChopNC93. Chatting average, best of luck. I'm not sure who that was, but I think he intended to leave that voicemail for uh, for a podcast that no longer exists. Uh, sir, uh, if you're listening, this this is the Chatting Elite podcast, and um, I, I I think you uh, I think you have a wrong number. Yeah, I don't know what he's referencing, but I can see why whoever fired him from that podcast. Yeah, I mean, do do you do you want a guy with that kind of an attitude on your podcast? I don't. No, that in fact, that dude is the microwavable eggs of podcasters. Oh God, who would who would do that? And 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 who would be friends with someone who did that? And and also like who who calls after you broke up with them? Like like hey, just let you know how I'm doing. Like who like whoever fired him from whatever podcast is far better off on this than than they were when he was there. Yeah, and I, I mean one thing I do know is that. Uh, that 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 Scammerin Matthews over there is not the chatting elite player of the week. But you know who is? That would Tell be Mr. Alex. That would be Mr. Adam Duvall, uh, setting yet another record this week by tying Eddie Matthews with the most home runs in the month of September in Braves history. So uh, three cheers to you, Mr. Adam Duvall. And I'm certain he is more impressed that he is the chatting elite player of the week than he is about tying Eddie Matthews. Absolutely. Uh, there, there was, there was a, and there was an old podcast uh, called called Chatting Average that I think gave him a player of the week award. But this one is is obviously going to be far more special to him, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if he posted a picture of his mantle at home and 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 saw that award up there. Oh, easily. This this will go top shelf on the trophy case. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, it is a pleasure to have you as my new co-host here on the Chatting Elite podcast. Uh, I I think this went very well. It, it I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it could, couldn't be any worse than what was there previous. Oh boy, let me tell you. All right. Well. 
That does it for this week's episode. For Jeff Donahue, I'm Alex. Wait, 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 Alex. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Sir? I did want to say that I will resign if there is any more Phil Mickelson slander beyond this point. What are you, what are you talking about? We didn't talk about this. No, I'm, I'm just, just letting you know. Clearly, you have a disdain for a, a fantastic left-handed golfer who's not really left-handed, but he plays left-handed. But um, you treat him like he's the Cam Matthews of podcasters, and um, I'm just not going to stand for it. So if, Look, if this Bill, Bill Mickelson is is a noted piece of crap. And and he look, they can't all be great, upstanding Americans like Patrick Reed. If if that name is mentioned on this show again, which one, Patrick Reed? It's it's going to be chatting basic because I'm about to pull the plug on this. The funding oh, will stop on. if that is if, if 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 those words are mentioned again, the 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 funding will be pulled. I will have the uh, the offshore account cancel. God. All right. Well, tune in next week to find out who I have hosting with me, because Lord knows who that's going to be. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.